Get your business together. Get yourself into what you do and see it through. Because being boss is hard. Blending work and life is messy. Making a dream job of your own isn't easy. But getting paid for it, becoming known for it, and finding purpose in it is so doable. If you do the work. Being Boss, a podcast for creative entrepreneurs from Emily Thompson and Kathleen Shannon. Welcome to episode 24, how to fall in love with your business with our guest, Jennifer DePazzo. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks Cloud Accounting. You guys, today we are interviewing our friend and creative comrade, Jennifer DePazzo. I know her as Jenny, so we're going to call you Jenny. But you guys, this is going to be a really great episode, especially for any of you creatives who are feeling overwhelmed by your to-do list. Um... And whenever it comes to like what you're supposed to be doing or should be doing for your dream job. But before I introduce you to Jenny, I need to tell you that we have a Being Boss bundle available for you. So it's my DIY Coaching for Creatives email subscription plus Emily's Get Your Shit Together email subscription all bundled together. So you get 22 emails delivered straight to your inbox full of our best tips, tactics, and worksheets to help you be boss in work and life. Go to lovebeingboss.com slash bundle to buy the bundle. All right, so back to Jenny. I first met Jenny at a design retreat in Palm Springs last year. And um, I think it was even after the retreat was over, I was having breakfast with my family at, what was that hotel that we were at? Um, the Parker. Yes, the Parker, right? which yeah, is, that yeah. Was after the, the conference, yeah. So it was after the conference, and the Parker is this really cool hotel, and it's kind of, I mean, it's a little swank. It's more swank than the hotels that I'm used to staying at. Yeah. So we decided to go there for <laughs> breakfast. They have a really good breakfast, and um, this is right whenever my son, Fox, was starting to get old enough. He was almost a year where he started having preferences and basically throwing fits in public. So Fox is kind of throwing a fit and I was super embarrassed and my husband went and took him for a walk. And then I look over and I see Jenny like enjoying a breakfast all by herself, like (laughs) being ruined by my baby. And I go over and I say, Hey, weren't you at that design retreat I was just at? And so we kind of chatted then, but we really got to know each other after that. We had a little Skype date and got to chat. And that's whenever you shared with me um, the project that you were working on, which is a video series called The Fabricant Way, which is interviewing local makers and shop owners in Brooklyn, where you live. And then I watched the videos as they were released on YouTube. And you guys, it's one thing, like, whenever you're talking to another creative entrepreneur who's like, yeah, I'm working on this project. Like, a lot of times it's like, oh, yeah, sure you are. Because a lot of times it never happens, right? But then it actually happened, and I was blown away by the quality of these interviews and just even Jenny we were talking right before we hit record about how you were like I was I did not set out to become any sort of tv personality but I feel like the the fabricant way could be on the discovery channel like it is that good and I just am so excited for you but what I really want to talk about today and what I want you to share is your entrepreneurial journey along the way and to tell us a little bit more about the secret that you uncovered that helped you fall back in love with your business. So yeah. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here and like just chatting with you. And yeah, it's, it's amazing how after the conference, it was just, I I was having my moment. I guess it was a boss moment. I was just like, I need a day in a beautiful hotel that I would never be on and just relax. And 
you know, I don't know, have that sort of like personal treat. And yeah, I remember that we really connected after that. And then we met at the at the airport, remember? Oh, that's right. I know. And I'm like, oh, hi. Because <laughs> the Palm Springs airport is super tiny also. I know. And it's super cute. But it's also that, that whole thing of like, after you go to an event like that, you I feel like sometimes you're so drained with so many things. Like great people you met, conversations and anything that had happened that you need, at least me, I need that kind of like 24 hour reset where, you know, like you don't think about business. You don't, you, you become a girl again and it's just like girly and that's it. Let's just turn off the, the brain. Until my baby ruins your breakfast. <laughs> I, you know what? No, I don't. I mean, I have a, a, a small nephew that I'm always with. So I'm just like, I don't care about that. <laughs> I'm just Come kidding. on. And he's adorable. Oh, thanks. Um, but yeah, so just, you know, my, my, my story is basically, um, I discovered that design could be a career after dropping off business school. And my parents have been always very supportive. And when I was, I remember when I was like around 10, I saw this painting at a neighbor's home and I went back home and I told my mom that I wanted to learn how to paint. I don't know why. I don't think it wasn't even like a, you know, like a famous artist or anything like that. I think it was just made by herself. And then my mom just like, she enrolled me into these classes and I, you know, I spent a lot of time painting after, after school, but then, you know, with university and, you know, picking a career and exams getting more, you know, tests getting more like, harder and harder, having to study, um, I had to stop. And eventually, you know, I, I was miserable. I was just, I knew, and I, I could see my friends were like super excited of that job with the suit and the amazing office and the bank and, you know, and I was doing great, but it was just like, it wasn't for me. Um, and then I was, I'm, I've, you know, I've been very lucky to be surrounded by people who just like opened my eyes to like different options. And I remember he came to me and he was just telling me like, I'm so glad you drop off business school because that's not for you. And then I was just like, yeah, but I don't know what to do. Like my parents are like, what is going on? And then he was just like, have you considered going for illustration? And I'm like, that's not a career. That's a hobby like that. And he's like, no, people actually live of that. You can do it. And I can introduce you to some people here who have their sons in schools and all that. And Wait, and where was this happening? So you grew up in Venezuela, right? In Venezuela, yeah. Okay, and then did you go to college there too? I did. So my undergrad was there and an amazing school. Like it's, it's very, you know, Bauhaus oriented. Design is what you have to respect and principles and, you know, typography and I don't, you know, we were not using the computer like programs until the first year because you had to really know how to design a font by hand, how to build a book, how to do the whole typographic, you know, this whole like old school um, concepts. And it was hard. <laughs> That's exactly how my design education oh, was too. Oh my God, I was coming back home crying and my parents <laughs> were so confused because they were like, wait, it's design. It's supposed to be easy. And like, I'm are like, you in art school? <laughs> I know. And I was just crying and like painting my, you know, my chromatic circle. Just like, crying. <laughs> so, you know, I couldn't sleep. Like I was just losing weight. Like the whole thing was just like, oh my God, what am I doing? But you know, it was amazing. It was it was the best four years of my life. And and again, I ended up like falling in love with this whole design possibility, like this possibility of actually living by doing this. And, you know, the, the great thing is that also at that school, it's not only graphic design, you would get illustration, product design, sound design. So it was just like 
you could experiment with many many mediums and 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 projects and then you know after that i ended up working with a, with one of my professors who's an amazing friend now and he had this small studio and that's when i started learning how to code by myself because projects were coming our way we were like yes we're gonna do it and then the client would leave and we're like oh god we need to like see how to make this you know to make it and you know i it was great i was i worked with him for at least three years and then i had my brother was visiting um, us back home and he was living here in new york at the time and he was just like have you considered just like going for grad school and i'm like again grad school for design i don't think that's a thing <laughs> <laughs> and he was just like oh yes it is there, you can actually do an mfa and i was just like well but i come from this you know this like small school kind of like i don't think it goes to that level and I, yeah, I ended up applying for Parsons for a master's in design and technology the last day of course. And um, I remember coming to New York to visit my nephew, who at that time was only six months old. And I was just like, you know, hanging out in New York with my nephew. And, and I ended up like walking into Parsons just to see how it would feel to like be there. And I ended up running with the dean of the program, Aneshka, who's just so amazing. And she's like, oh, wait, did you apply? Let me just check in my computer if you're in. And I'm like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. You're going to break my heart. And she did it. She's like, oh, welcome. When are you moving? And I'm like, what? <laughs> I know. What I know. a dream. I know. Everything, I mean, I don't know. I'm just very lucky, you know. Like, I, I just end up in these, like, situations where things just happen. And it's kind of a lesson, you know, of just, like, if you want something, just go do it. Like, or at least figure it out, like, what is the one step that maybe will get you closer? And it could literally be a step into the building, which is called Parsons School of Design. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Or like visiting my nephew in the same city where the building is. You know, it's... And again, I, I for me, it wasn't a possibility. I mean, for me, it was just like something that it was too big. And it's not because like, oh, I come from South America. It's just that... I mean, in my country, design is not really a professional career. It's like a technical career. So it was just like, yeah, I mean, you, you, you don't get like real diplomas or anything like that, even though that is a hardcore education. But yeah, so then I, I think I realized that I moved out home like after a year. It was when things started sinking in. Because of course, then you get, I got into this program and my one goal was, was just to take the most crazy classes that I could never take. You know, things that had... And again, because I'm very grateful that I had that I had such a great design education that I was like, oh, amazing. I can just play with things, you know, like circuits and wearables and, you know, um, processing and just doing all these interactive things. And that's what I spent my two years doing. And it was great. It was also hard and it was great. And, you know, it's 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 been quite like that type of journey of just like trying to experiment and, you know, see one thing will let you to the other. And I, you know. Some days I say that I'm not very risky, but I know that there have been like decisions and I'm like, hmm, I'll just do it. We'll figure it out. So, okay. So you got your master's at Parsons and then after that, did you start working for yourself as a designer or, and just to clarify, you specialize or you are an expert in graphic design and then branding and websites. Is that correct? Yeah. So the thing is that my business is kind of like two sides. So I do, I do graphic design and branding for small businesses, but then I also have I also offer consulting in UX UI for like corporate companies and startups and all that and and again it's because and we you know it's kind of like something that I was doing already even though that didn't have like you know the training or the terms to do it but that's something that I got really into also at, at, at 
graduate school. And that's kind of how I maintain my balance, like between corporate clients and the small clients. And yeah, so that's, that's kind of how I work nowadays. All right. So um, I want to know a little bit more about maybe some of like the biggest challenge whenever it comes to being your own boss. In one of your emails that you sent to me, you talked a little bit about getting lost in the maze of shoulds. So tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, that's my big theme right now. Um, so when I, after being here in New York, I graduated from, from grad school and I found this amazing internship at Ivy, which is a media lab um, here in New York. And, and I was just, that's my dream. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be an artist in residence. That's it. It's settled. That's what I'll do. And Michael Mandenberg, who at that time was a fellow, he contacted me and he's, he was just asking me to help him in this amazing project he did, which is teaching people um, graphic design tools by teaching them principles and history of design. So it's like learning Photoshop by learning history of design and art because this whole idea of, you know, we are too focused in tools and not so much in the history. So, and we had this kind of like similar training and that, that was a, another world, another door that was open for me because then I ended up like in open source conferences and like in, you know, like in all these residencies. And so the thing is that at that point, I had two lives. <laughs> like I had like this double life for at least six years where I was just, okay, if I'm in New York, I have, you know, you put your hat of the freelancer or the consultant and you meet with people, you do the graphic design work or the UX or whatever. Then I would just schedule a month where I could just fly out somewhere like Spain or like even in South America to work with my other group of people like artists and hackers and, you know, you name it. And we'll just do this sort of like new media work. But there was a point where I was just, I need to bring them together. You know, it's, I cannot keep doing this like two sides. And it was two sides because sometimes I would go to, you know, companies and during the meeting they would like see in my resume that I had like some residencies or something and they they look at me like but why you know like this this look of like you should just be doing design work not just being an artist and I was just that was kind of I mean it was eye-opening in a way that how sometimes the industry works which you shouldn't care about that but then I, I said there has to be a way where I can just bring these two together and keep my balance and and I started reading around and that's when I when I just saw the shiny objects of being online and building an online business only and you know this whole term of like passive income and it's so easy you could do it just follow these steps and and I you know I basically fire my consulting clients and be like I need to try this I need to see if this works I need to figure it out if I can just make sense of what I do um and and then you know you name it I was doing everything <laughs> the webinar, the freebie, the anything, anything. And I was exhausted, like things like, and of course, like I would just put something out there like crickets and you're like, oh God, what am I doing? Or like blogging, trying to figure out like, you know, hot terms to blog about, you know, like all these mistakes that when you start reading all these blog posts or Twitter, like what people tell you what to do, what the experts said that you should do. And, you know, that also led me to send very mixed messages as well as a professional as a person you know because you have to market yourself you have to sell you have to do this and that and 
and, and I started getting clients coming my way that I wasn't really a good fit for them, you know, and, and it was not about just like taking the work just to take it. It was basically something that we don't, we're not aligned, which is, you know, I'm not the best fit for you. And I was, it was kind of heartbreaking <laughs> a little bit. And I felt a bit, you know, sad in a way that, oh God, I was, I mean, I guess maybe it was a mistake and I should go back to my double life and just keep it that way. And, you know, that was another moment where I was just like, I'm going to turn off the computer. First of all, I'm very unpopular online, so I'm not going to keep trying because this is a waste of time. And I just, you know, I just turned off my computer and I decided to just go and hang out with cool businesses and asking them tons of questions. And, you know, even like bringing home like their catalogs or menus, their business cards, anything that they would have. And, and I was just like, there's so much material here. There's so many things that I wish people could see. And just see that there's another way of doing things. That is not just, there's no, there's, there are no blueprints or methods or shortcuts. It's just, it has to come from here. That's all. Like, and people will follow you. And then I had like crazy ideas from like, I'm just going to like go back to art and maybe just do something about this sort of branding. But no, it was just basically going out and finding this amazing group of people and like be like, oh, you have a great story and your business is just awesome. Like, I want to know more about you. And I literally started like stalking them and like reading every article or interview they would have. And, you know, I would just show up. I just started showing up everywhere like a crazy woman, you know, in a very hot summer and be like, hi. Um, you know, I have this idea that I don't know what it is, but I want to tell your story. <laughs> of course, most of them were like, what? Uh, no. And again, because the whole idea of like, I, I wonder how many people came to their shops and, and studios pitching them a project that they would do and maybe never happened. And, you know, it's, it's, it's tricky because you are in charge of their image. And I don't know that that just make me be inspired again in a way that I was, you know, this is the type of group that I want to work with. And even if, if I get a client that it's a bit lost, I know that if I introduce this client to them or what they do or the way they manage their businesses, it's going to be like life-changing for them. So yeah, so it became this, I mean, it, again, it's something that, that it's, it's very selfish why I started doing this and I just, I just wanted to hang out with them. I'm like, I want to be your friend. Like, you are awesome. Like, People need to know what you're doing. And again, they're very local, very local communities. So I'm like, I get it that the people around you know you. But I want everyone to know how awesome like your product is or why you did this or where you're coming from or, or like your lessons or your failures and all that. So that's that that really like was a process of me. I guess it was a healing process, just like figuring out that I, yeah, I mean, that was a path that I just tried something. It didn't work for me. I'm not saying that it doesn't work. It's just, it, it didn't work for me. And it was just trying to figure it out my own way, which is kind of also related to like the guys that I interviewed, they, they were figuring out their own way of like building their businesses. I want to talk for a little bit. I love how you just kind of said, I'm not popular online because so often I think to build this six-figure business that everyone is talking about and this online model and this there people do sell blueprints and they do well but sometimes 
it does feel like it ultimately comes down to feeling like you're in high school again and that really it's a popularity contest. And so, yeah, of course, if the most popular cheerleader starts an online business, she's going to make a ton of money. That's just at least how I feel sometimes as the person who's always voted most nonconformist. But I love what you said about bringing, if you just follow your heart, that it doesn't matter about following someone else's blueprint. You just have to follow your own heart. And so then you started your series, which is called The Fabricant Way, which is interviewing local artisans and makers and really highlighting their story. And I love that it was born out of just a sense of curiosity. And again, to bring it back to the high school analogy, you're like, forget the cheerleaders. Obviously, I'm not one of them. Let's go hang out with the freaks and geeks and see what they're up to. And let's make our own little gang of cool kids. Like kind of let's redefine it. And I feel like that's exactly what you're doing with the Fabricant Way. So um, tell me a little bit more about then whenever you started that, did you have, I kind of want to talk about like the technical logistics because it's easy to think I want to start a YouTube series of just highlighting these cool local people. And you talked about, you know, going in and kind of pitching them on the idea, but technically, like, how did you coordinate all of that and get it all together? Yeah, so one of the things that I was very sure about is that I was not going to try to make these videos myself or try to learn how to be a filmmaker or try to, no, I was just, there might, I mean, it was a moment that I'm like, I know that there's someone out there from my friends that will love this as much as I do. And I'm just want to focus on what I, what I think it will be my strength, which is just talking to them. That, that's all I do, um, because we tend to like new project. Okay, I need to learn this, this, and that, and just build it. And you know, it's um, and for me, quality was one of the main things. Not only quality. I had this vision of you know. I remember sending my director Danielle, who's a great friend by the way, and I met him um, a year before that at this residence residency here at Anaifa, which is the New York Foundation of the Arts and the Spanish Consulate and he's he's super great. We've done like projects before. And one day I was just like, you know what, I'm just gonna invite him for coffee. And I'm gonna talk to him about my idea. And he's a filmmaker. He will tell me if if he's gonna be like, oh this is total crap or I don't know, anything. I was just like I need someone from the industry, which is true, to tell me what he thinks about this. And I and I'm gonna tell you like Every time I would just talk to these guys, I, and I think like I still don't, I mean, I do know what it is, but I know this idea will just change and change and change depending on who we talk to. So we sat down at this coffee shop and I was just like, I want to make videos. And he was just like, okay, so what do you need? Is it you? Do you need me to bring a camera and put it in front of me? I'm like, no, I have this idea that I want to just go to studios and film these guys working. And that's when we started, like, he's, he was, he's amazing. Like, he started, like, brainstorming with me, asking me 20 questions. Like, you're going to be on camera or not? What's your idea? My, my, my initial idea, which was very, like, again, super big, it was just that I want to I wanna organize mini workshops with these guys at their spaces. And we'll film it, and then we'll have them talk. There's a logistical problem. It's like, okay, I need to bring all these people. How long is it going to be? Like... The whole idea of like episodes online, they last this amount of time before people get like a little bit bored and all that. And, you know, I was very lucky because, of course, he asked me, do you have a team to do this? No, it's just me and I'm just chatting with you. Do you want to be my team? 
And he was just, okay, so we need, like, and he was just like, okay, so we need a minimal team just to do this. And he, because he worked in film, of course, he went to his collaborators, right? So our team is Danielle, who's a, who's a director. He's also the editor. He's also the foot. He's like, you know, he's doing a million things as well. We have another camera and sound and that's it. Um, but of course, this guy, every time, every time we showed up at any studio, they will bring like four or five cameras. Like it was just everywhere. That's why we have so many nice angles. And, and I told them, you know, we need to be experimental. And I trust your gut and I trust your skills and your, you know, you're a professional. I tr- I'm not going to tell you where to put the camera or like <laughs> yeah. how to pan it. I, I can send you videos of ideas of videos that I've seen that they just like really moved me. But, you know, I'll, I'll give you that credit sort of like leadership to do it. And we also have a person in in Spain doing the music because we also have like original music for each episode, which I'm oh, like, oh so my amazing. God. I know. Oh, and I love the music. I was listening to them, I was listening to some earlier and like I listened to the music, it's fantastic. So high five to your friends Yeah, because you know, it was just a matter of the episode, right? And the mood of the space and all that. So how you just make the the... Because again, for me, it was just like, guys, this is all about experience and making them more awesome than they are. And it's funny because I I did a, a, a small show just to present the project and all of them were in the space, which was really nice because they didn't, they kind of like, I heard about you, but I didn't know you and all that. You know, like they sort of like, again, maybe they're like online celebrities, but they haven't seen each other. I like seeing them together, like taking pictures together and being like, we should work together. I was just like, oh my God, I'm a proud mom. Like, it's, this is amazing. Yeah. Well, and I love whenever you're describing the collaboration and we even did a podcast episode on collaborating, but the actual um, spirit of collaboration is that you can build something bigger and beyond what you could ever imagine with someone else than if you were to do it by yourself. I think that whenever it comes to collaborating, a lot of creatives, especially creatives who like to have control, probably like a lot of us, it's, you're, I think the fear of collaboration is that someone else is going to ruin your vision, but really what happens more often than not, if it's the right collaboration is that that vision just expands and becomes bigger and better than you could have ever imagined by yourself. And mostly when you can go to mediums that you're not used to, like maybe you wouldn't go for because that's not what we do. Right. And that's the thing. Like I could have done a website or like photo essay or something like that, but that's the idea. Like if you can just make your idea even bigger because you can bring someone who has that extra skill that you really don't have. It's just kind of like, that's like the magic point. That's where like things are just like, you know, they're going to flourish and, and it happens. So the Fabricant Way, I've only, I'm not caught up on all of your episodes. I need to, I'm probably going to like binge on them this weekend. Um, but they're typically about what, 10, 10 minutes long? Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're about 10 minutes long. And the ones that I have watched, of course, was um, I think your first one, which was interviewing a guy who does neon, like neon lighting and signage. And I never knew that I cared about neon until watching this guy's story, which is so cool. And then, of course, I watched the one where you go to the sex shop. <laughs> I watched and, that one, too. <laughs> like, you can't help I it. I saw You're that like, one. Oh, and I was this? like, well, yeah. <laughs> 
That's been a favorite. Those girls are the favorite of the season. Amazing. Sex sells, right? Yeah. It's just that they're so amazing. And I love it because Sam, one of them, when I met her the first time, she was just like, you know, hanging out in her, you know, in her front desk. She's like, let's do this. I can talk for hours. I used to be a bartender. I love talking to people. Because people come here and they just talk to me. They don't even have to buy anything. And it was so much fun because, it, and I, you know, it's kind of like the, the most like girly sort of like, girl power episode and it was just so amazing what are some of the other artisans and makers that you've interviewed what have some been some of your favorite episodes um so they're all my favorite in different ways so we have matt Dillon, which is our neon king and he's such a interesting person to talk to and he's a beekeeper that's what he does now too he lives upstate new york he he's a beekeeper and he like he's really connected to nature and he you know it's kind of like these other he's in another level uh his story is really beautiful and i will always remember how he keep he says that clients are his teachers and i think that is like wow because it's like they come to you and they will teach you something there's something you need to learn about you as a person as an artist that if you don't it's kind of like that idea of like if you don't do something about it now another one of those will come your way so just be very aware of what you know they they it's kind of like this idea of like they teach you your boundaries they teach you your limits they teach you that idea of like sometimes someone comes to you and you're like no we cannot do that but instead of doing that like okay let's just like get back at you in like a couple of days we'll try to figure it out and those sort of things which i think it's so amazing what he said um, then we have Daniel Sklar, which is a chocolate maker, and he has this beautiful chocolate factory in Bushwick, and it's raw and vegan chocolate, and he's all about chocolate, and he's so aware of, like, it's, a, it's an aphrodisiac, it's, it's delicious, people crave it, and he's just, he owns it, like, he showed up with, like, a, a chocolate, you know, a necklace with a chocolate kind of, like, pendant, and I'm like, oh my god, you're amazing, like, you know, this whole, and this whole idea that he used to work in finance, and he... One day, quit his job, travel around the world, and then he's like, I want to be a chef. And, like, he did, and he started cooking and just putting chocolate in things. And his bosses were like, you can't just put chocolate in everything. That's insane. Like, it tastes bad. And he just started making truffles for his mom and his friends just, you know, at home. And then you have, like, a library that they just, like, a community space, and, and that's Mellow Pages. And... It's, and, and for them, it's just more, it's stronger that idea of how important local communities are and like how supportive they are and like that they are where they are because of that. Today's episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. FreshBooks is the easy to use invoicing software designed to help creative entrepreneurs get organized, save time invoicing and get paid faster. So one of the great FreshBooks features that I want to share today is time tracking. I don't personally bill my projects based on the amount of time that I spend on them, but it is so good to know how much time I am spending on each project that I do. And FreshBooks has great tools to help you with that. You can record your billable hours. You can use team time tracking. So if you have multiple team members, they can log their time by project. You can track time with multiple rates. So if you have different staff rates or project rates or task rates or even flat rates, you can track your time that way. And you can also monitor team progress and know how and where time is spent, which is crucial if you are growing your team. Stay on top of your business with a clear picture of its financial health. Try FreshBooks for free today. Go to freshbooks.com 
being boss and enter being boss in the how did you hear about us section. All right, back to our episode. So how has recording the Fabricant Way and, you know, you've really been able to build this community and you've been able to experiment and you've been able to expand your vision. How, what has that taught you whenever it comes to like coming back to your day job? So you started this passion project. What has the Fabricant Way taught you about design and branding and even your own dream customer and even maybe going back to that online um, business model, what have you learned along the way and how are you applying that to your business? Um, so what I've learned, it's, you know, it's finding another group of people that are passionate about what they do in a way that they actually make a living. And that's, that is the most inspiring thing you can find. You know, again, we monkey, who's a guy who makes jewelry with vinyl, things that people would just throw, it would be in the trash. He's just making something beautiful and, you know, making art with it. And he's been successful. And interesting enough, I used to, it used to be, um, you know, my side project, my passion project, and it has nothing to do with my company. And then eventually I was just like, you know, it is because it tells a lot of what I stand for as a professional, even because these are the businesses that I love, the people that I do want to support. And I want people, you know, to just want to, I want people to like see one thing in any episode and be like, I want that. You know, even if it's, I want my, my, you know, I want my space to be full of people or I want my clients to be like that or I want people to love my product that way. And for me, it's it's become, I mean, it's kind of becoming this manifesto even for my company, you know, like I, it's things that I couldn't put in words or maybe wouldn't be as, as compelling as just seeing these guys in their natural environment, you know, their studios and their spaces. Um, I think it's very powerful. And funny enough, it's it's led me to, opportunities like professional opportunities of just building like marketing campaigns with on video of course it has of course it has I know but like that was something that when I started I'm like no and actually the first time that happened I was in a meeting and a co-worker who was there he was just like by the way she has been serious that she produces and I turn around and I'm like what are you doing I'm not a producer what, what are you doing and I was just like all nervous and red and he's like no she does she just doesn't want to tell you about it and the guy was like in front of the table he's like really because we've wanted to do video for such a long time but we don't know anything about it and I'm like oh I can bring you my guys and they'll do it you know it's it's and it's that it's just like wow it's a surprise of how you can just offer more you know and it goes back to what you were saying about letting your passion be your blueprint because I think that a lot of us myself included, Emily included, anyone that I ever talked to about the uncertainty of being a creative entrepreneur, all of us crave a blueprint. Like if only there was a formula that we could plug ourselves into and come out on the other end being rich and happy and popular and successful and all of that, that would be awesome. But the truth is, is that it usually is just one step at a time. And if you're following your heart and doing what you love, the the money really does follow. One of my favorite documentaries is um, by about Wayne White, and it's called Beauty is Embarrassing. Have you seen it? No. Oh, it's amazing. I think it's on Netflix. Um, so everyone listening, you have to check it out. But what happened whenever I watched this documentary is kind of what happens whenever I watch The Fabricant Way, where you see someone who is so obsessed and so passionate about their art or what they're making that it makes you question what you're doing as well. And it makes you ask yourself the question, am I passionate about what I'm doing? How can I be as obsessed with my craft 
as this neon king is with his, with making neon, or as um, passionate about branding as these ladies at the sex shop are about all their awesome sex toys, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I mean... I don't know. Maybe I'm in the wrong business. Not really. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think it's just that, you know, it's, I think it's good to have a daily reminder somehow because we all fall in that. It's just success. I mean, again, like I, I think of, for me, success means that I wake up and I don't see work as work somehow. Like I really need to love it and wake up and be like, yeah, let's do this. And I'll just be like, oh, another email. Oh my God. And it's hard and it's hard to do it, but it's, it's kind of like that way of how you also try to like hang out with the people that are really going to be the ones that make you love what you do and not just dread it and be like, Oh God, let's just get this out of the way. And you know, it's not easy. It's just one step at a time. It's a lot of patience. And, and that's the thing where I guess we're just surrounded with too many sudden success or like, you know, kind of like formula formulas and yeah, we read that everywhere. But again, like that's not, you know, it's not always like that. Or like, if it is for some people, that's great. But I mean, again, it didn't work for me. Um, but I don't think you're in the wrong business. It's just like, you know. <laughs> oh, Kathleen could do some sex toys, I'm sure. <laughs> no, I was just saying like, I think I should maybe, I just want to go work at a sex shop. Not really though. I'd be so embarrassed all day. Were you embarrassed a little bit doing that episode? Or are you like more brave about that sort of thing? <laughs> You know what? No, I think the guy, you know, what's funny? The guys were the ones who were a little bit like uncomfortable. Like things started like dropping and we we're like, what is going on? You know, like, and, and, and my, my Daniel came to me and he's like, are you sure? Because the idea was that we were going to have this beautiful man do some, like show us some like, um, Japanese, like, you know, tying sort of techniques and he couldn't make it. So Sam comes to me and she's like, well, we're going to do a show and tell. I we're going to play with you. And I'm like, what? Okay, you can play with me, but it depends on how you're going to play with me. <laughs> you know, we'll just like, we'll just do a demo. And then Daniel comes to me like super serious. Like, are you sure this is going to be online? And I'm like, well, I don't think it's going to be something embarrassing or like insulting to anyone. It's just kind of like, you know, the fun part. I don't know. I don't know what, maybe something came to me and was like just do this whatever you're already in this boat you're gonna really like pretend that you're like not gonna like do it but then you know again these guys were like dropping things and we're like are you guys okay yeah yeah sure so what wait is so that? what you know, did they for the people who and maybe i don't know maybe we shouldn't do a spoiler alert but what did they end up doing <laughs> to you so yeah so they blindfolded me they put some handcuffs on me and they started explaining some of the toys, like her, their favorite toys. So, of course, they have. It's an amazing store. Like, and it's not only about sex. It's about being sexy and feminine, but also kind of like feminist. So, it's, you can find jewelry. You can find beautiful clothing. But, but there's also the sex part, right? So, they actually call themselves a sexy shop. And so, they picked up their favorites, like the bestsellers and all that. And they blindfolded me. They just put some handcuffs on me and started, like, explaining, like, you wrote this and they start explaining why you do it, what it like, what happens to your partner and like, you know, different things. And it was just like a 10 minute thing. And they were, you know, they were not using everything on me. I got spanked on camera, which is kind of funny, but you know, <laughs> um, that was one comment of a friend of mine. She's like, you got spanked on camera. That's it. You're done. I'm like, yeah, I guess I don't, I shouldn't be ashamed of anything by now, but 
um, yeah, they were just basically showing their things, like, we have this, and this is what it does, and eventually they were, like, try it on me or something like that. It's nothing, like, hardcore or anything like that. It's just very... <laughs> it made it to YouTube, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, now only the whole world can see it. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> I, I, I do want to ask you really quickly. So I love the idea that you started out in business school and that you ended up going for design and you work with businesses, but also this project is very business focused. I mean, you are asking, you are asking these business owners and these entrepreneurs and these makers and these doers, like why it is that they have chosen, you know, this path to be like how it is that they live and how it is that they make money. So I love the fact that in, in a way you've sort of come full circle back to this idea of like, you are you are encouraging people to share their business models with you in a lot of ways and how it is that they have made their own business model and made it work for them for profit for living and supporting, you know, their employees or their communities and all of that. So do you have anything to say about that? How, how it is that you, you weren't going to do business, you were going to do design, but now you're doing business. <laughs> I guess it's that idea of just showing people that, making a living it doesn't have to be the most traditional way maybe the ones we know and there's people doing on it things are very unexpected again neon i don't know you could live of neon like that or you know making jewelry with vinyl like things that you you would imagine like oh that's kind of you know that idea of like where people say like oh that's very crafty but in a way that it sounds like you can make a couple of bucks with that and you know that's it that could be a side project so for me it's that interest on showing how you can just be very successful by doing things that are not the ordinary sort of like business. And that's why it really attracted me to them. Yeah, I think that's great. I think that's that's huge. And then something that I know Kathleen and I have talked about a couple of times, and I even talk to my clients sometimes, about like our generation has learned how to do business in the most magnificent way. And it's definitely out of necessity. Like we can't go out and get corporate jobs very easily anymore that are going to take care of us well. Um, but the fact that we figured it out. So in a lot of ways, like if you had finished that business degree, talk about useless. <laughs> or it may have just boxed you in. doesn't happen that way anymore. Well, and it may have just boxed you into another formula of how things yeah. should be. When really, if you just kind of make up your own way, sometimes it's more innovative and more disruptive than if you were to follow a model. Um, I want to talk really quick about your Kickstarter project for The Fabricant Way. So that is launching on June 2nd? Yes. And then how long is it running for? Because it's going to be, it's gonna be uh, the full month. Okay, for a full month. So um, our listeners listening to this episode, you have just a few days to help Jenny out with her Kickstarter project. What do people, what's kind of the outline for the Kickstarter? What do people get if they support the Fabricant Way? Um, so it's, it's going to be amazing. Um, I already have the Fabricants for second season ready and waiting for us to just come by and like, you know, be part of it. And we, um, so the different rewards that I'm planning on, it's just, I see this like at this movement, so it's just making you part of it and welcoming welcoming you to our fabric and sort of like way of like what we wish people could do businesses. Um, and the support is basically, you know, yeah, having letting us tell more stories of these guys doing amazing things and thriving and inspiring more entrepreneurs just to see that there's many, many ways of, of being successful and 
you know, maybe kind of like choose that fabric and way sort of thing. Um, yeah, so it's it's kind of exciting. I'm really excited. Um, season two, that's kind of like a big deal for me. I can't believe I'm saying that. But yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> it's so exciting. And we'll be sure to include links to your YouTube channel on our show notes at lovebeingboss.com. And we'll share a link to your Kickstarter project so that if people want to support the Fabricant way, they can. And I also want to mention that you're going to be hanging out in New Orleans with us at our yes. Being Boss Retreat <laughs> vacation. We haven't decided what to call it quite yet, but our Being Boss get together, we're all hanging out down in New Orleans together. And um, so all of our listeners that are coming to that as well, will get to meet you there, which I'm excited about. And that will be in October. Is there any other final advice that you have for our listeners whenever it comes to being your own boss and being boss in work and life? Um, the first thing that I would say is just be patient. Um, I know we want things to happen faster than we want it to, but sometimes I think we need to go through a path just to make things work. Be gentle to yourself because, you know, it's hard. Like it's going to be, we're going to have, you, 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 you know, we have hard days, good days, and there has to be a moment where you know that it's enough for today and just maybe take the day off and take care of yourself and, Surround yourself with people that love you and support you. And and that could be even, you know, from your mom to a coworker to your partner, to anyone that can just be there for the hard days because it, it is hard work, but it's it's very rewarding. So yeah, I think that's that's kind of it. And if you have one thing that you really wanna do, a project, anything, just figure out a way of like how to make it and just try to do it. I mean that's kind of what I did with the fabric and way and it was it's so amazing. Like I feel so amazing right now about doing it that I would just encourage everyone just to take that one project that you've been thinking about and reach out to people, ask for help, ask, ask for your friends if they know someone that might help you do it and just, you know, make it a reality. Hey guys, I wanted to tell you about something fun that we're doing coming up this fall. Emily and I decided that we wanted to go on vacation to New Orleans, one of our favorite cities in the world. And we thought, wouldn't it be fun if we invited you to come along? Go to beingboss.com slash NOLA and learn more about taking a vacation with us. We hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Being Boss from Emily Thompson and Kathleen Shannon. Find show notes for this episode at lovebeingboss.com. Listen to past episodes and subscribe to new episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. If you like our podcast, show us some love by reviewing Being Boss on iTunes and share it with a friend. Do the work, be boss, and we'll see you next week. Are you wiping your nose? <laughs> Go ahead and get that out of the way, Kathleen. Wipe your nose. I'm glad we're not recording yet. Okay. Perfect.